You're listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray the message will encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now, let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you all this morning. Uh, Today, I'm going to be continuing the Kingdom series. Uh, We're going to be going over a few things, but before I get started... Uh, I wanted to just have a little family chat. Can we have a family chat just for a second? I, um, I want to I wanna borrow your faith. Um, we have been uh, going back and forth and negotiating and working timetables on a piece of land for a few months now. And we're getting to the place to where this is very real and it's getting very close to coming to fruition. And it's at these moments to where um, I want to come to you and always have a clarity uh, and a transparency. Um, I need you to pray with me concerning this matter. This is how I want you to pray. Number one, I want you to pray that if it's not the right piece of land, that every door will close. I need you to understand my heart. When the Lord gave me the vision and, and, and our board and everybody, we came into unity about moving forward and advancing and, and, and building a building. It was not where we wanted to build. I made it very clear to the Lord, where do you want us to be when you hear our worship? Where do you want us to be? Where would you like us to serve from? Where do you want the headquarters, the Hope Center? Where do you want it to be? And so we feel like we've got a very good location that we're negotiating on, and we're very, very close to closing on this piece of land. However, I don't ever want it to be done of our will or our desire. This is not man's church. This is God's church. I need you to also pray that if this is the right piece of land, that it happens in his timing, not our timing. You see, the truth of the, the matter is, is when we, when we came out of the gun so fast and so strong and we've been growing and new families coming every week, we would have built something far too small for the vision God has for this house. And so I thank God for the pausing and the hesitation. But I want you to know that This thing is beginning to happen and it's coming to fruition. And I need you to pray that if it's the right land, that God will cause it to happen, but only in his own timing. It is very, very important that we pray for his timing. You see, the scripture says that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And while we desire to have a building with you know, second to none children's facilities. I mean, the stuff we're going to do, just next level stuff. Well, I desire for that to happen. Can I tell you, I don't want it to happen a second too early. And I don't want it to happen a second too late. So this week, this is what I'm asking. I'm asking for you to come into covenant with us and pray. To pray, number one, that if this is the piece of land, that God will finalize it and make it clear. If it's not, close the doors. But if this is the land, 
that his timing would be so clear and so evident to us that there'll be no questions about it. Amen? Will you covenant to pray with us this week? I appreciate you, and I know that you'll do that. You're a faithful people. And um, uh, I just believe God has something so big for this house. I just, I just feel it. I just, I'm going to tell you, man, I have, I have prayed through this. Our board is in agreement. We are going to do big, big things for the kingdom of God. And can I tell you, it has nothing to do with the Hope City logo. We are not a church that's building a flag built by man. We are not here to push a man's agenda. We are here to push the kingdom of heaven here on earth. That's where this entire series comes from. That we bind on earth that which is bound in heaven and we loose on earth that which is loosed in heaven. And the vision that God gave us for this house is to make a difference in this area and the surrounding communities. A seven day a week house of God. Make no mistake about it, we're not building a church. We're building a hope center. And, um, and I know that it is going to make an unbelievable impact in our community. So pray with us this week uh, that God's will would be done. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Uh, my main teaching text today is going to be Matthew 13, 44. But I want to bring everybody up to speed. We've been talking about the kingdom the power. Now, let me, let me, let me kind of give everybody, because I know we've we got new families coming in every week, kind of want to catch everybody up to speak, so I don't want you to miss any of this. You can't have a kingdom without two words, king and dominion. Those two words pressed together, you get kingdom, a king's domain or dominion, all right? So when we're talking about the kingdom of heaven, we're talking about a place where God has all authority. The kingdom of heaven is where uh, we see God's will being done, but there is a, 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 a certain power and clarity that's lost in translation by the time it gets to earth because man's desire mucks it up. We start putting our own desire on God's plans. And I believe what God's looking for is a people who will put their own desire on the back burner and say, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And can I tell you that that's the vision of this house, that it's not about a person, it's not about a logo, it's not about a, a board, it's not about, it's about the kingdom of heaven colonizing Crestview and the surrounding communities. That's what we're called to do. So this whole kingdom series has been a, a power-packed teaching about God's desire to bring his purpose to earth. And he uses you and I to make that happen. He brings it into fruition through emissaries, representatives of his kingdom here in the colony of earth. And so as we're, we've been teaching about this, we've been going back to three verses every week. The first of which is Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness then all these things shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom and its righteousness. Seek first. What does the scripture say about heaven and how can I function in it here on earth? It's about an alignment, a righteousness. And you know what's interesting? Is a lot of people read through the scripture and they see it as prohibitive 
instead of protective. They see the things that scripture says, don't do this, don't do that. What they don't see is the rewards for living that kind of life. And so they always see, well, I, being a Christian is no fun. I was listening to a song the other day. It was actually on my playlist. I didn't even know it. I deleted it. It said, I'd rather uh, uh, laugh in hell with the sinners than frown in heaven with the saints. You think there's going to be frowning in heaven? You're a fool. We're going to be turning up in heaven. Are you kidding me? I'm going to tell you something. Just getting rid of my back and knee pain, I'm going to turn up. Right? And so right now my job is to live here on earth in such a way that I mirror or reflect the picture of heaven. What does God want to do on earth? He uses us to bring it into play. Next, Matthew 6.10. They asked Jesus, how do we pray? He said, when you pray, pray like this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We talked about this every week, how it starts here on earth. Dominion starts here on earth. God gave man dominion. We're going to talk about this today in great depth. There's a dominion issue. A lot of people think that they're waiting on God. Couldn't be further from the truth. God's waiting on you. He gave mankind dominion in Genesis chapter 1. Man lost it. He lost it. And Jesus gave it back to us at the cross. You still have dominion here on earth. It's a reason to get excited today. Not just my amen corner. Everybody can be excited about that. You have authority here on earth. Jesus was telling him, when you pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, whatever you want to do, let's go. Let's go. When I pray over my family, I say, Father, I relinquish my dominion to you today. Whatever you want to do in my house, do it. Whatever you want to do in my children. That was my daughter up here anointedly leading worship today. So stinging proud of you, Maddie. You know what hit me? You know what hit me? The devil tried to take you out when you were 13 months old. He tried to take you out and away from us when you were 13 months old. And when you got up there and you said, these lungs were made to sing your praise. Somebody better watch out today. Y'all better watch out today. You see, because listen, the closer we get to understanding the power and the authority that we have, you will understand why you go through the things you go through here on earth. Because you are not just in existence waiting to die. No, you are here as an ambassador of the kingdom. And the enemy will attack you because of who you are and because of whose you are. You see, when you begin to understand that, it puts reason behind your pain. There's a purpose behind that attack. It's to get you off your game. Well, Pastor, pray for me. I'm under attack. Yeah, you are. You are because you're dangerous to the devil. He don't want it with you. I was watching my son play football the other day and Coach Charles said, these boys don't want this smoke. I said, what's that mean? Don't want the smoke. He said, they don't want the activity. They don't want the heat. They don't want the action they're about to get. I tell you, the devil don't want to smoke with you. He don't want that heat you got for him. He thinks he does. He tries you on all the time. But here you are still standing. 
Here you are in, in, in your right mind. Are you kidding me? How many of us should have lost our dadgum minds by now? And here we are still proclaiming, I won't stop singing. I won't stop praising. I won't stop lifting him up. The devil says, well, lost another one. Lost another one. Let me keep going. I could, I could just take off right there and preach. I'm not going to. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, and Jesus said, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now watch this. Whatever I bind on earth. Is that what it says? Whatever you. Read it now, read it. Whatever you, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. Personalize it. Whatever Carl, Carl binds on earth. We bound in heaven. Whatever Kelsey looses on earth will be loosed in heaven. Do you understand the beginning principles of dominion? It's on you. You are not waiting on heaven. Heaven is waiting on you. Live like it. Pray like it. Speak things that aren't as though they were. Walk and function in faith with expectation that God's best is waiting on you and all you've got to do is speak it from heaven to here on earth. You say, Pastor, are you saying that all we got to do is speak things good and everything good is going to happen? No, I'm telling you, you're in a war and that you can call down reinforcements from heaven here on earth. It's not about you, baby. That's where people messed up with this whole teaching. It's not about you having a fancier car and a fancier life. It's about you impacting more people and getting them across the threshold of heaven. That's why we have the authority we have. We're ambassadors of the kingdom. We, we are citizen makers. You see somebody lost and they don't know they're a citizen, you got to go back and remind them. Kenny, you're a citizen of heaven, not of earth. Get your head above this game. Get your head above what you see. You see, the devil is so good at making us function on the day-to-day -day mundane mess. Why? Keep your head here on earth. God said, no, you got to take it up. Take it up. Take it up. The scripture says it like this. Where your heart is, there your treasure will be. Also, where your treasure is, there your heart. Right? One and the same? He's saying, wherever your mind is, that's where your treasure is going to be. Think heavenly minded. We're going to talk about treasure today. Treasure. That's the name of my sermon today. Treasure. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. And I'm going to teach this fast because we're going to have a conversation in a minute. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Jesus, again, is dropping a, 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 a comparison between the kingdom of heaven and some characteristics of earth. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid again. And for joy over it, for joy over the treasure, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. Let me, let me, let me put this in simple terms. I am walking through an open field and I stumble onto a ditch and there's gold coins in the ditch. And I desire the gold coins. 
The problem is, is in the Hebrew law, who owns the land is who owns the treasure, right? So what Jesus is saying is, he says, there's a dominion issue to this treasure that you've got to possess the land before you can have the treasure. Now, every time I've read this and every time I've taught it, I've always taught it from the perspective that the treasure is our salvation. It's the treasure of knowing God. It's the treasure of relationship with Jesus. And while those are wonderful things, I think I have fallen short to the truth of this parable. And the reason I think I've fallen short is because when I really dug into it, there's a dominion hand at play here. There's a dominion thing at play. Look, we're going to break this down. I want you to have understanding about this parable. It's powerful when you get it. First, it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure. It's hidden in a field. The word treasure indicates something of value, something of worth, right? Treasure is in the eye of the beholder. Case in point, when Nora was three, she came and she said, Dad, you're not going to believe what I found. And I said, what did you find? She said, hold out your hand. And I held my hand out, and she put a handful of plastic gold doubloons, little gold coins in my hand. And she goes, we're rich. Let's go on vacation. And I said, no, no, I don't think this will actually cover it. Um, but I'm glad you found something that you love, Right? In her mind, at her assessment, at her level of knowledge, oh, the game was over. She was ready for retirement. At three years old, lock it up. But when put in another person's hand, it's assessed differently. This treasure in Matthew 13, 44, is assessed by the man who finds it hidden in a field. And he values it so highly that he puts it back. And he has to go acquire the field in order to be with his treasure again. Now, here's another interesting point I want to point to you. We're all, this is like CSI. We're, we're going to put this thing together, I promise you. It says it's hidden. It's hidden. Hidden means to be set apart for someone's private use. Hidden. Wendy goes on the keto diet, and I have to hide my nutty bars. <laughs> and I don't want to cause temptation but also I don't want to do keto. <laughs> and so Maddie and Gabe know that there's a certain shoe box in my closet that there ain't no shoes in it. <laughs> there's some fudge rounds, some nutty bars, come on somebody, Twix, hello. Non-keto essentials. But it's set apart based on my use, it's hidden. 
Anything that's hidden was hidden so that other people can't use it. Think about that. Anything that was hidden was hidden for a purpose. And the person who hid it understood its purpose. At least as it pertains to them. So now we are on track that there is something of great value that had been dislocated from this man and he stumbles back across it. And it's not enough that he takes it, but he rehides it. He hides it again. He sets it apart for his peculiar use. And then it says, because of the joy. Isn't that what it says? It says, and for joy over it, for joy over this hidden treasure, he sells everything that he has. He says all that he has, everything. He gives the best of what he has away in order to acquire this hidden treasure. Why did he have to sell something of great value to acquire something of equal or greater value? It's interesting to ponder that just for a moment. Why was there the need for exchange? I submit to you the exchange had to take place because there was a dominion issue. The treasure belonged to the owner of the territory that the treasure was hidden in. If you go to Israel today and you're digging a hole and you find a diamond and you show everybody that diamond, you are showing the owner of that land's diamond to everybody. You do not own that because you found it. The owner of the land possesses the treasure. So in order for this person in this parable to take possession of the treasure, watch this, he had to have dominion in the territory. Stay with me. I submit to you that this parable is not about you and I finding God. This parable is about God finding you and I. And this is why I, I, I get this final answer through my studies. When God first created mankind, he gave us dominion. We said it earlier. You and I, we botched it. Through sin, we gave dominion over to the wicked one, the devil. God being bound by his word could not just take his people back. Now he knew where we were. The scripture says we were set apart for his peculiar use. Hidden. Hang on, I'm gonna show you something. Hang on. Hang on, let me show you something. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse two. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God 
And the Lord has chosen you to be a people for his what? Treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. There's that word treasure again. Who's it talking about? Exodus 19, verse three through six. And Moses went up to God. And the Lord called to him from the mountain saying, thus you shall say to the house of Jacob. Listen, when you see anything about Israel or the house of Jacob or Abraham, you and I are included. We have been engrafted according to Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ Jesus, you therefore are joint heirs with Jesus Christ and seed to every promise that Abraham was ever given. Amen? Check this out. You shall say to the house of Jacob, I should say it like this. You should say to everyone at Hope City today, tell them, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenants, then you shall be a special, a what? A special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. A peculiar people. Hidden for the purposes of the kingdom. Oh, this is getting good. We're putting a case together. We're putting a case together. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Here's what we've got. You're the treasure. Pastor Gent, you're the treasure. Troy, congratulations. You're treasure. Come on, somebody. You're treasure. Sean, your treasure. Come on. Raj, get hyped up. Your treasure. Come on, somebody. Now, here's the, here's the reason why you should get hyped up today. Because when God called you treasure, he forever put a value on you. When God speaks, he cannot go back on his word. You have value to the king. And he rehid you here where he did not have dominion. You have dominion. Now watch this. We yielded dominion to the wicked one. But God gave man dominion. But we gave it away. God goes to the field to get his treasure. But because of his word, he cannot just come get back into community with his treasure. There's a dominion issue. So how do I jump through the loopholes of my own covenants? How do I create a way where there seemed to be no way? How do I use my own words against the wicked one to bring dominion back to man? Well, if man was given dominion and lost it, it's going to take a to get it back. Y'all getting it over there. Y'all getting it. <laughs> you getting it back there, Mark? Okay, listen, listen, listen. It's, oh, it's about to get good. Listen. So now, God looks down to earth and he says, 
I am sick and tired of being separated from my treasures. Far too long, they have been devalued. They have been considered less than my children. They have been treated carelessly by the wicked one. And I will come back into covenant with my children. I will come back into communion with my babies. There is nothing, neither height, nor depth, nor heaven, nor hell, nor principalities, rulers, present or to come, will separate us from the love of God. Now, hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't, no, don't, don't clap. Save it, save it, save it, save it, save it. He sells everything he has. He looks around heaven. He says, what do I have of value? And people say, well, in heaven, there's streets of gold. That's of no value. What do I have of value? What do I have that I can exchange for my children to bring them back to their father's heart? And he looks across heaven and he sees his son exalted and highly lifted up. And he says, this is the best currency I have. This is the only thing that's worthy of the treasure that I'm going to acquire. Jesus, put on your man suit, baby. It's time to go get your brothers and sisters back. And Jesus takes on flesh in the form of a child born in a manger to Mary and Joseph, a king in a manger. Why? Because had the devil known that a king had been born in a throne room somewhere, he would have known where to hit him. So Jesus goes undercover as a king. He slips in to our timeline 2,000 years ago. God watching his son and his treasure. Watch this, watch this, watch this. His son and his treasure. His son and his treasure. Son, I'm sorry. I've got to get my treasure back. He would be wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. And by your stripes, Jesus, we have been healed today. He literally was looking at Jesus and looking at you, his treasure. Get this. Get this. Jesus or you. He chose you. said, Jesus, you're the only one worthy of the cross. I have put this in covenant, Jesus, so I can't go back on it. I gave dominion to mankind, and I've got to have you go put on your flesh suit. And death will take you. 
so that I can get my treasure back. I've got to have dominion. I can't just take them. I can't just go back and be with my children. I'm bound by my covenants. I can't just go be with them. Jesus, you're going to die. Jesus replied, Father, if this cup can pass from my lips. Dad, we've been like this for an eternity. What do you mean death is going to touch you? When they see me, they see you. How can death touch you? And he says, I'm going to turn my back on you because there's a treasure. You don't think that's how it happened? Father, where are you? Why hast thou forsaken me? You are his treasure. You are his treasure. Jesus hanging on a cross. The sky turned black. The ground shook. And all of hell began to rejoice. Because they thought that they had dominion of man and the son of God all wrapped up in death. But just as death laid claim, God smirked and said, remember when I told you I was bound by my covenant? I'm bound by my covenant. That sin is what made you accessible to death in the first place. So death, you have touched something you had no right to touch. You have claimed a body that you did not have dominion on. You kept me for thousands of years for being with my treasure because of dominion issues. And now you will never have dominion again. Had they known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. He flipped it on them. And just as they thought they had stolen Jesus and us, from God, God in his infinite wisdom took us all back into himself. And in doing so, he did not reclaim dominion for himself. He turns to you and I today and he says, whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I'll loosen heaven. I know you think you're under attack all the time. It's because you are. I had a lady I was talking to this morning before church. She said, I just feel like darkness is around me all the time. I said, praise God. The devil only attacks what's most dangerous to him. You are the treasure of the king of all glory. 
You see, on the cross, the devil lost forever. I said he lost forever. You and I were given dominion. Dominion. Authority. License to function under the authority of heaven here on earth. Matthew 13, 44. Sold everything because of the joy of the treasure. The Bible says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. This parable is the story of God's infinite and unending love for you. I have good news for you today. The devil cannot defeat you. You are undefeatable. He does not have a weapon that can destroy you. Can I tell you how he works? He will get you to use your weapon against yourself. This parable calls you treasure. Why do you ever buy that you're anything less than that? Why do you accept that you are not valuable? That you are not precious to the king? Can I tell you that's the enemy's number one play? Number one is to make you forget your value. The Bible says you're established in heavenly places. You're already established. If you're in Christ Jesus, the Bible says you're established. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You have authority and dominion, and wherever you walk, angels and the presence of God goes with you. So why is it that we as believers accept this mess that we are less than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Why is it that we just let the world beat us down and we just never fight back against it? Why is it that somebody can pay you a compliment and you won't receive it, but if somebody criticizes you, you can't stop thinking about it? The enemy's move is to take your weapon that the scripture says is mighty to the tearing down of strongholds. And he takes your weapon, watch this, your weapon, and he turns it toward you. Because your weapon in normal use is binding and loosing is blessing, is, is, is bringing increase to people and cursing the enemy and binding the devil. And so when he flips the cannon, now you begin to use your weapon against yourself. I'll never 
add up to what my parents said I would be. Had that in a connect card a few weeks ago. How about this one? I don't take good enough care of myself, huh? I'm just, I'm never going to get where I want to be. How about this? I'm just too stupid. How about this? God can't love me. I made too many mistakes. What you are doing is you are using your weapon against yourself. Dominion suicide. You're taking your authority and you're whipping yourself with it. Here's, here's the real purpose that you need to see. Is that when you understand that you are his treasure and that from Genesis all the way to the end of Revelation is a love story from the king and it's written about you. Get that, understand that. From the beginning to the end is a novel that is penned by the Holy Spirit and it's all about him coming back into communion with you. And you're shocked the devil challenges your value? When the entire volume of the book speaks you as a treasure. Now, I just don't think we need to tolerate that anymore. I think I need some people whenever they wake up in the morning to say, I am my father's beloved. I am highly favored of the king. My father loves me. I am his chosen. I'm a peculiar person, a royal priesthood set apart for the purposes of the kingdom of heaven. Once you begin to speak that over yourself, now your weapon is aligned correctly. This goes one step further. There are people who have accepted Christ, but they have never accepted their value. There are people who've accepted him. And maybe because something that happened here on earth, you can't accept heaven's value for you. You are his treasure. It was you and Jesus. He said, Jesus is the cross for you just so I could have my treasure back. You are his priority. He loves you. And you have bought the lie that because you've made some mistakes, that your value is skewed. Wendy and I bought a house in Crestview in 20, maybe what, 2017, 2016. We bought a house and less than three years later, we sold it. 50% higher than we bought it. Same sheetrock, 
same flooring. I mean, the only thing different is Nora had put some artwork on the walls. And I remember I, Jill Coon was our realtor. I said, Jill, I said, how, how on earth, why would somebody pay? I couldn't afford to buy this house at what I sold it for. Why would somebody pay that price for a house? She goes, very simple. She goes, price is not assessed on the use, it's assessed by the buyer's desire. Oh my God, y'all gotta get this. Lord, help them get it, help them see it. Just help them see it. You are not the value of your mistakes. You are not the value of your past. You are valued as treasure because of his desire his desire to be with you, his desire to be in community and in covenant with you every day. And the enemy tries to remind you of your mistakes because he's trying to get you to assess your own value. But you're not strong enough to assess your own value. You can never devalue what God has valued. So when you look in the mirror, I want you to have some confidence this week because his desire for you has assessed your value. Say, so well, how do I know his desire? Jesus or me? I don't know how else to teach it to you. A perfect, spotless, innocent life-changing, miracle-working, and me. I put it in the ditch every day. Hear me, I mess up every day. And it's Jesus or me? That should have been a no contest. I should have been on that cross, man. But he said, Jesus, the cross is yours because Josh is my treasure. So now I'm gonna make it real simple for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're here and you have bought the lie. You have bought the lie that your actions are greater than his desire. That your failure can trump his love for you. If you're here and you have allowed the enemy to devalue you because of your past and you want to turn today, you want to make a statement today, you want to make a pivot in your life today, and from today forward, you're going to stand in the value that you've been assessed because of his desire, not your failures. And you say, from this day forward, I will focus on what he has for me, not my past, not my mistakes. And you want to come in covenant with God today and say, Lord, irrelevant of what I've done in the past, I submit my life to you because you value me. I'm your treasure and I want to come home. If that's you and you're here and you want me to pray for you, raise your hand. 
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hands all over the room. Thank you. My last question is this. You've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You've never accepted him. You've never spoken the words of salvation. And you say, today, I've seen it differently. Today, I want to know that I know that I'm his treasure. I want to know that I know that I'm saved, that my value is established based on the price that was paid for me on the cross. If that's you and you can hear my voice, if that's you, don't let fear rob you of this. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I see you, brother. Anybody else? I'm not going to rush this moment. I'm not going to rush this moment. This is the reason we do what we do here at Hope City. I'm not going to rush it. Spirit of the living God, just show them to me. We just rebuke the spirit of fear. There's a lady here that in the past few weeks you've questioned taking your own life. Don't raise your hand. I just want you to look at me. You have, you have bought the lie of the wicked one. You don't see your value. And the Lord is stopping this service right now to tell you that he loves you. Lord, help me find them. Just look at me. Whoever you are, just look at me. Just be intentional about it so I can see you. I know what I'm not going to point you out. I will not end this service before I find you. I got you. I see you. Father, I thank you. I thank you that when we talk about your kingdom, we talk about its treasure. That's why you walk on streets of gold because money's not anything to you. You literally have paved the streets with gold because it's what your treasure will walk on. You love us in a way that we can't even understand. But Lord, for this, for this lady, Would you just reveal yourself to her? Would you show her your loving kindness? Would you rebuke the devourer on her behalf and shut up the voice of the enemy? I pray that she would only hear her father's voice as it echoes the truth about her being treasure. Thank you for it.
I thank you for it. Who are we that God should care? And yet you have valued us above all things. Above all your creation, we are unique to you. Treasure that you gave away the best to acquire us. Thank you for that. Again, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want everybody to repeat after me whether you raised your hand for salvation or not. I want everybody all alike pray with me to pray with the few that raised their hands. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you that I'm your treasure. I'm valued in heaven. Help me to know my value on earth. Thank you for loving me enough to send Jesus. I receive you now as my savior. I acknowledge you as the risen king. Acknowledge me now as your treasured child. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for valuing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand up on your feet today? Boy, the presence of God is so good. He is so good. My final blessing today is going to be on everybody. But so many people raise their hands about this value thing. And I'm just going to mix it into my blessing today. Because I think we should all value ourselves a little better. I think we can all do a better job of that, right? So come on, let me bless you. Father, bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Show us your loving kindness in such ways that we have no reason to guess our value. And we'll see the goodness of God in, in, in such a powerful way that we will know that you value us. Father, my prayer for each person here is that they would experience your favor in an overwhelming portion this week and in proportion to your loving kindness. Father, my prayer is that you bring us back next week with more wisdom, just more wisdom and more of your word locked away in our heart. I pray, Father, for the people that have needed to know, that have needed to reassess their value. Father, take them into the places of your word where they are called your treasure, where they are called your people, where they are called the apple of your eye, where you call them your precious ones. Father, remind them according to your scripture, Lord, that they are loved by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Again, bring us back next week just with more of your word, more wisdom, and we'll give you the praise for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you, and we'll see you next week. For more information about Hope City Community Church, visit www.hopecitycc.com. Until next time.